0: Father, we need you. Uh, it seems um, odd in uh, in light of um, just what's uh, how life has seemed over the last couple of years. Um, many have been reluctant um, uh, to come to you, uh, Father. We just worry and we struggle, um, Father. Today, as we embark. Um, On looking forward, I ask that you would remind us that we are in great need of you all the time. Uh, When things are uh, going really well, uh, Father, when we have uh, all hope. Um, When it is sunshiny outside, uh, Father, we still need you. And Father, even in the midst of just kind of being tired of being tired uh, of of, uh, wanting uh, something a little different. Uh, Lord, we just reach out to you. Uh, this morning, would you um, allow us just to breathe uh, for a few minutes together this morning? Uh, would you um, teach us what you would have us um, know? Or would you have us respond uh, to you in the way that you would have us respond? Lord, for those that are um, not feeling well, uh, Lord, or out of town um, in different uh, situations, Lord, we... Uh, lift them up uh, to your Holy Spirit to meet their needs. Uh, we ask that you would meet our needs this morning. And Lord, we praise you for all things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Um, well, good morning. Uh, thank you for taking a minute uh, to do that. Uh, I think it's helpful for us just to take a breath. We come in here like, okay, all right. Like what? What's next? <laughs> um, just a couple announcements. for um, In a couple weeks, if you didn't know, we have a retreat going on. And uh, Really excited about this for uh, the young professionals. It's been only the second time we've been able to do this. It's been a while. Um, but really, 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 really encourage you uh, to take time uh, out and come uh, and be in the mountains with us uh, for uh, a couple days. Uh, we'll be up in North Georgia, and so we'll have, uh, there's different uh, cabins, there's plenty of beds for however many people can come. Uh, We've got a great meeting space. Uh, We'll be uh, uh, eating our meals together, cooking our meals together, and so uh, we'll be doing that uh, up there. Uh, There's a nice, cute little town uh, for like shopping and eating and stuff that's close by, and so um, we'll be sending out information. There's different places where that is available to sign up. If you have questions, let me know. Um, But this will be a really good start to the year if you can uh, come and join. So, and it's uh, MLK weekend. If you were unaware of that, um, any questions about the um, retreat at this point? A couple weeks. Come on. All right. So, um, the top three things uh, up there—all things that um, are maybe a little new to you. Uh, the first thing is the church is having a churchwide prayer meeting where we're to start the year. We're going to meet in Ellis Hall, and uh, this is an all-call. Uh, for folks that just want to spend some time praying for our church. And each of the ind- individual um, kind of constituencies of our church are going to have some time to kind of uh, uh, let know some prayer requests for the upcoming year. And so we're going to spend time praying for them and finding out what some needs are. And it'll just be a good time of fellowship as well. So January night in the evening, anybody know what time it is? I forget right off the top of my head. Five for dinner and six for the... It's all right. It's in the evening time. Five dollars. Okay. All right. What day? Sunday. The night. Prayer. Night of prayer.
1: So next Sunday, five for dinner. Register
0: online for five dollars if you want to eat the dinner. Yep. But you can just come to the meeting. Sounds good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, and uh, I think Ashton and some folks will be doing what it's five o'clock for dinner okay so that is correct KK not even knowing you got it right well done exactly well done (laughs) Um, so uh, so that's every nope Uh, and then midweek Uh, If that started last uh, kind of mid-October. And so that is, again, a time of weekly uh, gathering for the church. And on Wednesday, there's a meal at that time as well. Uh, But there are stuff uh, to do in the gym. Uh, There's stuff, uh, the youth are doing stuff. There's also adult classes. And so I'll be teaching a class on on spiritual parenting. We had this class before COVID. (laughs) Uh, But if you are interested uh, or are going to be in the near future, um, in discipling relationships with some folks I highly recommend coming uh, class will be at 615 at six weeks And so we'll be running those uh, pretty regularly But if that's not something you have been through and would like to highly recommend that you come you can just show up or sign up and then um, And then lastly there is a quarterly discipleship training and so what this is the same thing for all the church so if you are in uh, uh, looking to be in one of those relationships or uh, looking to get involved, uh, we're going to have a training, and this is for Sunday school teachers, pod leaders, uh, anyone that's kind of in those uh, type of spaces uh, to come and to be with the church and to get some training. Sound good? Awesome. All right. So same, uh, same things for college, uh, just a couple of uh, retreat and the mission trip on the end of that. So, so good. Thanks, guys. Um, anything that I missed? All right. All right, so let's turn to 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 5. And so uh, as we were finishing up the year and coming into a new year, we wanted to um, spend a little time uh, helping us uh, kind of re, um, reimagine and refocus on a few things. Um, as I was in, uh, I may have relayed this uh, story a few weeks ago, um, I read back through First Timothy and Second Timothy and Titus, uh, the pastoral epistles, probably about once a year, and spend some time just refocusing and meditating and um, having the Lord speak to me. And this uh, particular verse really stood out to me because it reminds us, right, of, of why we, uh, of the purpose of our following Christ and um, learning from him, Right that the goal of our instruction right is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith right that those are the outcomes right that our discipleship that the lord's kingship is supposed to mean in our lives and so as we start the new year, um, I uh, have a, a special uh, kind of conviction for um, what, what I wanted to, us to talk about this morning, and there's no way in the short time that we have to be uh, exhaustive, but it is a, a conversation worth starting, and so it begins with this idea of sincere faith. And, so I, uh, and I want you to write down a couple questions if you're taking notes. and I want you to um, write down this, uh, the question of, what makes faith genuine or not? What makes faith genuine? And the second question is, how is faith hypocritical or how could faith be hypocritical? See, if he wants love that issues, right, from a uh, sincere faith, then there has to be a connection, right, between whatever faith is, right, and love. That faith is not something for you just to possess, whatever that means, (laughs) right? It is to issue itself in love, that it is supposed to uh, transform and be outward-focused. When I was a junior in college, um, it was exam week, and I uh, showed up about 8.50. I actually was kind of a little early uh, for my exam this time. I'm usually kind of an 8.58, to 907 kind of guy <laughs> um, but when I showed up this particular time to the exam at nine o'clock back uh, back then the exams were uh, I went to USC and it was at nine o'clock and two o'clock and so showed up to my nine o'clock and uh, went there and the light was not on and there were no people and I was pretty sure that I got the day right can you guess how I felt yes. <laughs> What may have happened, I was not where I thought I was supposed to be. And uh, I don't know if uh, any of you, that same feeling has continued to flex itself in your dreams. Hey, I'm, I show up to the place that I'm supposed to be late or not at all. Wait, I need to go to that class. I'll, I'll go, I'll go. And why is that feeling so awful that I am not in the place that I'm supposed to be. And I know it.
1: Because I really thought I was going to the right place at the right time. But the room's empty and the lights are off.
0: It's a bad feeling. It's a real bad feeling. Uh, What happened was my uh, 2 o'clock exam was at 9 and my 9 o'clock exam was at 2 and that's a big mistake to make. And so I studied for my 9 o'clock exam walking from the uh, what 's the close hip building on one side of campus to the life science building on the other side of campus, and I studied for that long and was late for the exam and made a D and had to retake the class <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> not uh, in my case, not being where I uh, thought I was supposed to be right had a real consequence and uh, and i 20 years on, maybe a little bit more than that, I still remember that feeling. When I uh, was a freshman um, in uh, college, I came home from a uh, Christian uh, meeting and was under just some deep conviction. Um, I had been uh, attending church and had been um, doing lots of Christian things, uh, but in uh, about... 12 o'clock at, at night in my bedroom, um, just under some deep conviction that maybe I really didn't know the Lord. Um, I don't have any other uh, thought other than that, that I just was like, I don't know that I think I'm where I thought I was. And so, um, and so when you're in that spot, there's lots of things you can do, Right. But one of them is, we'll figure it out and do something about it. And so, over the course of uh, about an hour and uh, through much tears, <laughs> uh, that I uh, I began uh, to uh, seek the Lord earnestly. Um, I cried out to Him. I asked Him for mercy and forgiveness. Uh, and I began to. Um, to actually pursue and seek to know the Lord. Now why I tell you all that is because when we see this idea of what it means to have a sincere faith, um, I think uh, oftentimes uh, we're not sure how to talk about that and we're not sure how to even think about that in our own lives. Uh, evidence is I was, um, and you may, uh, and, and this may resonate with you, um, in a seminary class, uh, we were doing, a, it was statistics. Um, you're like, why do you do statistics? Seminary class, that's an, another, another um, something for another uh, time. But in that class, um, just to go through a, a little uh, mean, median, and mode with the 20 people that were in there, uh, he asked, how many of you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming all of you have made a faith decision, and uh, how many of you made that faith decision before the uh, age of 10? And a vast majority, that's all right, you're ready though. We'll have stuff where you raise your hand. I appreciate that. Um, a vast majority, <laughs> yes, I like statistics. Who likes statistics? Okay. <laughs> um, a vast majority, probably 95% raise their hand. Uh, and then he asked how many after the age of maybe 15, or, and then you, like 10 to 15 after 15 or something like that, and less hands were raised. And then he said, okay, and see, so he wrote the uh, names down and the ages, and, and then he said, well, how many of those, uh, how many of those uh, recommitted their life to Christ uh, after that fact? And a whole lot of hands were raised as well, um, and about the same amount. <laughs> and um, and this, for the first time, I got to thinking, like, why is, why is that? Why are there so many people, particularly within our churches, and I feel like uh, as, it talk, as we think about genuine faith, we talk about this about as much as we talk about sex in the church. <laughs> that it's something that is so fundamental to our being, and yet, right, it's not something that we're kind of really comfortable talking about. You good? I'm good. You good? I'm good. And why that's dangerous not only to yourself but to folks around you that are confused or struggling or hurting about where they are actually uh, where they where they are in their relationship with the Lord is that you can't help them either because you're struggling with knowing where I am and what I need to be doing. Amen. And so. Um, and so there's a couple things that I want uh, to talk about, and this is something that uh, I'm gonna keep bringing up in uh, different venues, but I wanna do this on the front end, um, that if you want and need to talk uh, to me uh, or to someone about this, uh, do that, okay? Uh, because there's, it's, it's a long conversation, there's different things depending upon where what your background is and what your circumstances are and where you come from that we're going to have to work through a little bit, um, but uh, I think this will be a good kind of uh, ground zero with which to feel better about what we're talking about moving forward, okay? And so as we're doing this, I need you to be honest if you have questions about the couple things that we're going to discuss in the next you know, 20 minutes here or so, all right? Um, everyone needs to know your question as it relates to this topic, and uh, the only way that we can, um, can kind of be good with each other as a community or be helpful to each other is to be honest about this. Uh, we're not here uh, to make sure everybody's good, right? We're here to follow Christ together and to help uh, one another do that and to encourage uh, one another in that. So as we come back to that question, what makes faith genuine? How is, could faith be hypocritical? Right? What, are, what is difficult about that question, just really quickly? As far as you think about it for yourself, as you think about it for your mom, as you think about it for your friend, what is difficult about that? I'm not even asking you the, the answer to the question. I'm asking you what's difficult about it. It is. It feels highly subjective, right? On Monday, I feel great. On Tuesday, I do not. And so, and, and what it shows is so much of how, how we think about faith is how we feel. Is that how it should be? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and say, not really. It might also be trying to figure out what what is right and what is wrong because it's absolutely. Sure. A uh, good example,
1: um, I was uh, there was a video I was, I was watching uh, a few days ago. We talked about um, how there were, uh, in the early days of the church, there were a bunch of schisms that happened over whether or not uh, Christ was real, was the Spirit. And how do we view Christ as human and spirit separate? mm mm-hmm.
0: Well said. I think that uh, all those are um, are really real and personal uh, for a lot of people. <clears throat> the word uh, we're going to kind of talk about some um, the word here um, that's translated faith a little bit. It's this um, it's this word uh, pistis, and um, there are two things, uh, kind of two ways that this is. Um, uh, translated uh, generally in English. and We're going to talk about what that means and why that matters in just a second. Um, but this word, uh, but it, it, the, the words matter because when we, however, we think about that word, when we read faith, right, um, most of us think about that as kind of an inward, uh, like it, it manifests itself inwardly. Right, that the that the word faith is not generally what we might call embodied. That it doesn't uh, it doesn't mean that uh, that that there's something out here that I can see, you know, um, taste, feel, and touch. Right, and the the other thing is that as we think about faith, because it's not. Uh, it doesn't feel or, or our connotation is not embodied right it, it, it's hard to connect faith and discipleship like why do I need to do anything <laughs> why can't I just believe in the Oxford Dictionary belief has uh, two definitions it is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists right so it's like alright Pillow. Yellow pillow. You enter you out on that it exists. <laughs> can anybody see it? I can. I can
1: yeah.
0: It's real yellow. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Not at this juncture. Right? An acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. There is a yellow pillow. Right? Do we believe it? So, so this is completely disembodied, right? Right, that there is this thing that exists, do I need to believe in it or not, and does it even matter? Does it matter that I, does it have any bearing on my life if the yellow pillow exists? No. No. (laughs) The uh, The second definition of faith is belief in, okay? And so this is where trust or faith or confidence in someone or something, and this is typically, right, uh, more how we uh, think about it, but basically that's kind of the semantic range of how we think about faith, right? It's either I just kind of generally believe in it, like I believe in God, I'm a Christian, right? Or there is trust in something, yet I can figure out, yes, I do trust it, but unless it's embodied, there's no way to... No, it's still kind of nebulous. Yes? So what faith means matters a lot. Like a lot, a lot. There's a, a resource that's really cool. It's called Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. And it says, it talks about the, the, this word pistis. Um, and as the Old Testament understands it, it says, faith is always man's reaction to God's primary action. And this doesn't change in the New Testament. Faith is always man's reaction to God's primary action. What is that from? The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. So it's basically, uh, it has these entries of word roots, and then it'll have, for faith, there's probably 50 pages (laughs) of notes. It's like, what did it mean in... Hebrew time, what did it mean in general Greek culture? What did it mean in the Bible? What did it mean in? It's just notes and notes and notes and notes and notes. But the summary, right, is that faith is always man's reaction to God's primary action. And I want to um, posit to you that faith is embodied. That when we act to what Christ has done in our life, that it should, and I've said this many times, look like something versus nothing. So as I ask you the first two questions, because this is going to be, again, something that you're going to need to continue thinking through and having questions about. Um, Here's another question I want you to write down, and then we'll get into some uh, specifics here as we... Um, I have a few more minutes. Now, when we think about faith as man's reaction to God's primary action, here's the question I want you to write down Does this action need to be more than lip service, belief, or affection for? Does this action need to be more than lip service, belief, and affection for? An author says this, Throughout the history of Western theology, faith increasingly became inward personal confidence in the effectiveness of the exchange transaction on the cross rather than outward allegiance to Jesus the saving king. I'll say that again. Throughout the history of Western theology, faith increasingly became inward personal confidence in the effectiveness of the exchange transaction on the cross that he has died for my sins and I give him faith, right, to, to own that for myself. Is that it has become confidence in that exchange rather than outward allegiance to Jesus, the saving King. See, this, this inner personal confidence, if that's all faith is, right, that this is why we have a hard time and are kind of uh, constrained by our feelings. <laughs> week to week, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. Right, because as it relates to my confidence, man, how, how hard is that to gauge? If I graft my confidence in Renee's love on like a minute by minute basis, <laughs> I'm hoping it wouldn't look like, you know, one of those like kind of things like that, right? <laughs> but if we are unsure, right? Anybody been in a relationship where they were unsure of how things were going? Man, isn't that fun? <laughs> Whether it's a job or a class, <laughs> you're like, man, I don't know how this is going. This is exhilarating. <clears throat> Quite the opposite, in fact, right? Man, what a terrible feeling. That my confidence, right, equals my faith Then, man. That's a rough thing. If you'll put up, um, there's a uh, list of ten things. Here we go. So a lot of times when we're thinking... Um, about our faith or the gospel, right? We are often, um, talk about it in the terms of justification, right? We think the gospel is Jesus died for my sins. Uh, and what uh, is hard, uh, and that's, he did that. Uh, but what is hard about that as it relates to the news and what I do with it, if that's kind of all it is, right? And so we're, that, that is what Jesus did, okay? We're not going <laughs> anywhere with that. But it, it is hard uh, oftentimes to embody that because just like someone telling them I love you or it's like, and then somebody may be telling you, oh, well, you just need to have confidence in that love. That is how you respond. What would that look like? What does that look like uh, for like your uh, having love, uh, confidence in the love that your grandma has for you? It's nice, makes you feel good, but does it lead to anything? Do you call her anymore? Do you go visit her anymore? That's what we mean by embodied. And the answer is no, does it? There isn't anything for me to do. There's just something for me to know and appreciate. Right? But as we think about what Jesus did, remember what I said earlier, that faith is always man's reaction to God's primary action. I want you to look at who Jesus is and what he has done, what the Bible claims that he did, what witnesses say happened. That all of it is in uh, this idea of that that we have a king that reigns. And how did he come to be that king that reigns? That Jesus the King was pre existent, Son of God. That Jesus the King was sent by the Father, it didn't just happen around. That he took on human flesh in fulfillment of God's promises to David that this was something that God had planned and had said would happen. That Jesus the King died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That Jesus the King was buried. That Jesus the King was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That Jesus the King appeared to many witnesses. That Jesus the King is enthroned at the right hand of God as the ruling Christ King. That Jesus the King has sent the Holy Spirit to his people to affect his rule. And that Jesus the King will come again as the final judge to rule. When we think about, if my faith is the reaction to God's Primary action, right? Then what should, what would my reaction look like? Not confidence. What does trust of a king or to a king look like? Do we serve Him in our mind? It starts there, right? We <laughs> but I can't, I can't serve somebody just kind of by thinking nice thoughts about Him <laughs> or having confidence in Him, can I? Serve we serve through action. When we think about the... Um, That this good news, when we think about what he has done and my reacting to what he has done, right, is there a reason to be a disciple of his, to follow him, to do something? What do you think? Why, Renee?
1: is determining which side of that
0: mind be for eternity. Why might this be helpful to you personally or uh, to anyone you know? To be able to talk to them about what it looks like to have faith. Is it that it matters for your whole life? That it, it, that it matters in... All the things I do, the things I choose to do, the things I choose not to do, the things I engage in that I don't engage in.
1: It helps to reinforce that. That, and that, and that. In addition to maintaining
0: that for others. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody else. Somebody else.
1: I think it help, helps explain the life change that the Bible calls us to. Um, that it is more than just, like I said, saying that you believe, oh, yeah, I received that gift. Done. You know, the present has been opened, and the box is tossed aside. But, but that it explains like why. Holiness matters why righteousness
0: matters why we seek to live differently from the world. For those that you know that struggle with this, this could be yourself or somebody close to you, Why? what, what's, what is hard about kind of getting it out of your head into your body <laughs> or for them? Because many have been told that that's Okay for it to stay <laughs> inside. It's easy. It's easy. Yep. What else? Nobody's told us any different? Or them any different? <clears throat> Here's the the old uh, kind of great terrible question and so i'm going to ask this in kind of a series and i want you to um not respond uh anyway respond how you want to respond so first question and they're gonna uh, there's there's a couple other questions after this so you've heard the question how many of you if you died today or later this evening, would know that you would go to heaven, right? And this is a hard question, right? In that it gets to the heart of like, oh, I, I'm putting on the spot, right? Like how confident am I <laughs> that I would do what I'm hoping will happen, right? How many of you, if you died later today, would know that you would go to heaven? Hold that thought, Okay. When you ask that question, and we can raise hands. Yeah, I feel pretty confident right now. What about later? Or, I don't feel confident at all. Let's talk. Let's talk. But here's the second question. If you don't like that question, here's this one. How many of you, if you died today and were to find yourself before King Jesus, think you would hear, well done, good, and faithful servant? Those are two different questions. What's the difference between how many of you, if you died later today, would know that you would go to heaven and how many of you, if you died later today, and were to find yourself before King Jesus, think you would hear from him, well done, good, and faithful servant? What's the difference between those two things? One of
1: those is just accepting accepting the gift and the other one is what did you do that like did you grow more fruit did
0: you produce more fruit or did you buy it off? but that first question is really tough right because again it goes off of the confidence that i have and a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence right it gets at kind of the issue and that means, sorry no good you're not you're not interrupting this is <laughs> Um, I don't remember Inward confidence, personal confidence, yes Go ahead
1: to how that
0: Yet to be made manifest. Yes, and, yep. and also the cultures that was present before is not necessarily the culture that is now. Mm-hmm. Right. If, you, if we're unable, right, to embody, right, our faith because it's not just faith in something; it is faith in King Jesus, right. So that, that has very specific responses to it. Then that uh, then the question is valid, right? What? Why am I having hard expressing my faith? Well, I don't have that confidence, right? I don't. I have not chosen to uh, be allegiant to that King. It can be. So here's, I get five more minutes. So what, why that matters, though, is that is the space in which, right, that I'm needing to ask the question, that faith must be embodied, right, and so when it's not embodied, right, this is where my lack of confidence comes from, and that's kind of the point, (laughs) Is that there's something kind of uh, there uh, and here and here's where uh, here's the the last uh, and most terrible question. How many of you really want to do the will of God? We can tell you to obey. I can encourage you to obey, but do you really want <laughs> to obey? Do you really want to? Embody allegiance to Jesus the king I
1: think,
0: and I think the answer really comes down to
1: depend, depends on the command the commands on what depends on people. I think people would
0: be well hold, hold that thought hold that thought because I want to finish up something to your point it is uh, like that that is that's a I really want to chase that rabbit <laughs> but hold on because we're running out of time Um, so let's put a a pin in that so how many of us really want to do the will of God knowing that we can't obey perfectly but purpose in our heart to do it here is the thing that I recognized in my room I think and this is uh, what it means to have the new birth and why a lot of times we're struggling to embody is because our hearts have not been changed because we have not been born again. And that's the piece that, where the, the confidence versus the embodiment comes together because I can embody it, but do I want to? See, when uh, there, there's two words that we use, uh, regeneration and conversion, right? Uh, sometimes called born again, it's like those coming together regeneration is this the idea of conversion or new birth from god's point of view right that god is active and drawing you to himself and changing your heart right and from our point of view it's conversion right it's being born again right it's coming alive to new life right And that new life right affects all of us right it comes with a new heart new affections and new feelings And so that's something that we need to deal with. Not that, that there aren't times when I just can't, right? And we're not talking about the individual random instances. But, the, but what are my affections most of the time? My consistent affections. I need to read one thing and then I'll, I'll give you something so you're like, okay, what do I do with this? <laughs> so here's a couple of scriptures. Just write them down for right now Matthew 7 21. So this is the not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. And then. Uh, three more, but they all basically say the same thing. One is Romans one five through six, Romans one five through six, Romans sixteen twenty six, and Matthew twenty eight twenty. So Romans one five through six, Romans sixteen twenty six, and Matthew 28, twenty eight twenty. So here is the thing that I want to end you with, and I think that this is helpful for you to to know with anyone that you would want to help through this. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you, unless indeed you fail? And so here are some responses to what I'm talking about for you or for those around you, okay? So be, we'll, uh, we'll get to church. That our faith is genuine. That we're not swayed by how we feel or our confidence that I know whom I have trusted, that my affections have been changed, that my heart is new, and that I uh, am seeking to pursue him as imperfectly as that feels like sometimes. Our faith can be genuine. Amen? But we can also be deceived, right, that we have been converted, born again, given a new heart, given the Holy Spirit. This was me. It's a really hard thing to work through. But I wanted to, but I had to work through it. We can stop short. So often we are convicted by our sin and yet we don't go the all the way. That we see somebody changing, we see somebody interested in spiritual things and we're like, well, they're a Christian. But it never becomes embodied. We can be in process. Like where you are, can be okay in the sense of like, if you're pursuing the Lord and seeking for figuring out where I am, like we want that. There's not like, okay, you guys are good. You guys are not good. (laughs) That everyone, if you breathe in breath, right? Can (laughs) continue to be where you are or get to where God wants you to be. And lastly, that we can be grieving the Holy spirit, That if we have the Holy spirit, That if we at one time embodied him and have not done that in a long time, then the Holy Spirit within you is grieving. And you are probably struggling. Jesus did not come to make us complete. He came to make us alive. Do you see yourselves as dead, incapable, and needy? Do you need a saving king like I do? That's a good indication if you see yourselves as needing King Jesus of where you are. And to close, as Peter was uh, sharing with uh, those at Pentecost, and a man yells out, what must we do they were cut to the heart, and they yelled, "What must we do to be saved?" Then, and Peter respond, "Repent and be baptized, that you may receive the Holy Spirit." And then I can begin living Romans eight life in the Spirit, an embodied life. Let's pray. Father, as my king, you have allowed me to enter into new life in the kingdom with your spirit empowering. And trust in a king, Father, looks like allegiance, and allegiance is embodied faith. What does it mean to be allegiant to you, Father? Lord, I pray that you would help us sort this out because there are so many around us, Father, that need some sorting. Father, it is us, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for caring that we don't stop short of knowing you. Father, being raised to new life. Father, Of having your Holy Spirit Lord, I pray that you would move us and that we would respond in the way that we need to. This is the most important thing. So Father, in this new year, may we learn what it looks like to faith together, to be allegiant together, that there are those around us that are not, Lord, that we would help them understand what the difference between where they are and where God wants them to be is. We cry out to you, Father, because we don't want to be deceived and we don't want to keep uh, not understanding. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. There's a lot to uh, unpack, and if you um, need to talk to me uh, at any point in the next couple of weeks, Uh, please come uh, talk to me, whether it's about someone or about yourself. Um, Let's get it right. Thanks, guys.